0: Breaking news, Wilson Ramos is still turning his body to tag the runner from Friday at home plate. The Mets were embarrassed this weekend in Philly, getting swept by the
1: Phillies and falling to 9-14 and and last place in the NL East. Jake will do some ranting on Ramos and Luis Rojas and the rest of the mess.
0: The Post Mike Puma joins us to talk about the team's ugly play, updates on Jacob DeGrom and Michael Wacha's injuries, and the managerial blunders from Rojas.
1: All that and a whole lot more is next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true
2: blue, so amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks, it's out of here. We got you.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Amazing But True, our New York Mets
0: podcast from the New York Post. That's my co-host and former Mets pitcher Nelson Figueroa. I'm Jake Brown. Subscribe to Amazing But True on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your
1: podcasts. Give your boys a five-star rating and write a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. At Figgy NY and at Jake Brown Radio.
0: Our buddy Mike Puma joins us later in the show. But Figgy, it's Sunday night seems to be rat night. It's. Uh, we actually had like three positive episodes, I think in a row coming off a victory, but we are now coming off three losses to the Phillies and Figgy, if you wouldn't mind, I got to get a little steam off of my chest here to open the show. It won't be as much as the Joanna Cespedes yelling and ranting and raving, but the Mets fall to nine to 14. They were swept in Philly over the weekend and everything A to Z was just infuriating. And I'll start it off by what happened Friday night. Night Friday night I am at catch in Astoria where me and you watched opening day with some seven line people had a great time seeing a Mets victory and I'm sitting there you know the ninth inning comes Robinson Cano ties the game you're feeling good tie game after Walker Lockett looked great and they gave him a three on Homer it's 5-4 Mets tie 5-5. As the bottom of the ninth inning is happening, foreshadowing of the weekend happens for me. Mets, Seth Lugo comes in. You're feeling good. Seth Lugo's in. All right, let's get this thing to the 10th, have that runner at second, who would be the devil of the weekend, who would have been at second base. And they put a runner on his runner at first. And I'm looking at the table next to me. There are a couple of very drunk people. Most, they all looked under 21, but I don't know. They Apparently they were 21. And one girl, as the second runner's about to go on, I believe, I don't even know how he got on because I was focused on the scene at hand. One girl is getting wobbly and starting to basically fall almost. And meanwhile, as this is all happening, bizarre scenery, I'm trying to get the Met game on. They got three games with the Islanders playoff game on. They got the Yankees beating up on the Red Sox in their minor league pitching system again. There's a balloon blocking the Mets game, and it was just like, all right, we know. The Mets are getting treated like crap below these other teams. As this is all happening, there's a bizarre 90s-themed party goes on. There's a lady who looks 90, but she was really just dressed up like Mrs. Doubtfire showing up, and just everything surrounding what was happening. I was like, this is a very weird night (laughs) and I look at the table next to me. The second runner gets on a girl vomits everywhere all over the table right behind me. I don't see it. The person I'm with sees it. She's like, oh my God, that girl just threw up. She basically wipes her arm all over the vomit. And then essentially falls over. She's on a stool or whatever. She falls over. I look behind me. I don't see how the second runner gets on. It's first and second. It's first and second one out in this baseball game. In the bottom of the ninth of a tie game. And I'm trying to focus on a Mets game. A girl vomits, wipes her hand all over the table. I looked behind, one of the guys she's with sees her vomit. I'm staring at his face as he vomits into a napkin. And my whole existence of being a Mets fan is right in front of my eyes. Just vomit everywhere. Girl vomits, falls over. Guy vomits. Then the girl goes to help help her friend. She can't get up. She's vomiting on the floor. She's hitting her. She's slapping her. I'm trying to focus on the bottom of the ninth of a tie game and a big game to start off the series against the Phillies. And this girl's getting hit. She's like, wake up, wake up, get up. As this is all happening, the next batter, base hit. Imagine this girl hit. She said, get up, get up, get up. Everyone's staring at her. I'm looking at her. I'm looking at the TV. I'm looking up and down, up and down. I see the base hit. Conforto throws a perfect throw home. Wilson Ramos, All he's got to do is apply the tag. All he got to do is apply the tag. Vomit everywhere. He misses the tag. He's safe. And at first thought, you're thinking to yourself, Figgy, that he is definitely out. How could Ramos not get him? The throw beat him by more than 10 feet. You see the replay, and Wilson Ramos, days later, is still turning, trying to get the out. So vomit's on the floor. Vomits everywhere, girls passed out, the Mets just blow the game. After the replay review comes in, they roll in the stretcher from the EMT, and they roll the drunk girl out of town. And as they roll the drunk girl out of town, Wilson Ramos is going to be out of town as the season ends as well. A disgraceful play by him, laziness by the catcher. It just sums up Mets catching since Mike Piazza has left this team. The catcher position has been a complete liability after piazza left you had 1 year of good of paul leduc at 318 then 272 after 2007 for the last 13 years the Mets have thrown out there the likes of Brian Schneider, Omir Santos, Rod Barajas, Josh Toley, John Buck, Travis Darno, Kevin Ploacki, and now Wilson Ramos. Before Ramos' 288 last year, the highest batting average before that was 268 one year by Josh Tolley. 38 RBIs, 40, 34, 40, 21, 60, 41, 41, 15, 57, 30, and Ramos 73. The catcher position has been a joke. The defense is a joke. The Hitting is a joke, and the Mets have to go out there and get JT Realmuto this offseason, pay the big bucks, bring in the best catcher in baseball, and stop with the liability at one of the most important positions, and that is catcher. And that vomit over Friday led to vomit Saturday with Steven Matz and vomit Sunday with Rick Porcello and the offense and the defense sucking, and it led to the Mets falling to last place in the NL East. I digress. Oof. Ah, well, I I
1: can't uh, go into much of what happened at catch, but uh, know your surroundings. You kind of expect that when you go out on a Friday night. What did I see all the way around this weekend? I saw a team that can't do two things right right now and what's crazy is if you can hit a little bit play a little bit of defense you can win ball games if you can pitch very well hit a little bit defense can suffer a little you can still win ball games you can do two out of three things pretty well but you can't do zero out of three things And expect to win ball games when we talked about jacob degrom being the ace and what he does what he does is normally be able to go out there give you seven rock solid innings shout out to gary apple with the rock solid rock solid innings of cy young caliber pitching this last time through the rotation back on august 9th he only went five innings gave up only two runs still gave the mets a chance to win a ball game but what you see is the after effects the bullpen then has to be used up a lot more. And then that, especially that bullpen game where you were hoping maybe Stroman was coming back, maybe, you know, Walker went down with the injury. You were hoping that they could find a way to piece it together using a guy from the bullpen then having to use Walter Lockett. And all of a sudden, Jacob deGrom... Wakes up, stiff neck, can't pitch. Now you got to find a way to cover nine innings. So since that August 9th game, the bullpen uh, has thrown 30.2 innings, 30 and two-thirds innings. Starters have thrown 33.2 innings. Starters cannot be going four innings at a time. And even when we saw Luis Rojas take out a guy, you know, maybe too early, maybe leave guys in too late, this is what happened. The bullpen winds up getting spent, and then you're worrying about the bullpen as you're leaving a starter in too late, a.k.a. Mats, a.k.a. Porcello today, and you always come back and sit there and go, maybe one batter too many. It's not about the one batter too many. It's more about having that plan of attack of maybe I need to get two guys ready so that if he gets by this next batter... Great. If the matchup is better for a lefty righty, go ahead and do that. We're at 23 games already. And if it was 23 games out of 162, wonderful. Take your lumps, figure it out as you go along. 23 out of 60. And you're right now reaching at straws for answers for what we're seeing. It, this isn't, it wasn't competitive baseball. Meanwhile, the Phillies came limping into this series, getting swept by the Orioles. And I would normally say the lowly Orioles, but they're only two and a half games out of first place in the American League East. Uh, the Miami Marlins still, you know, right there up at the top. You, these teams that weren't supposed to be competitive in a 60 game season are finding reasons to play winning baseball. Instead of worrying about the dog days of summer, it's midsummer already, and you've got to be able to find ways to win. I'm just not seeing that killer instinct. I'm not seeing that dugout chatter. Every time I look at the other teams' dugouts when they're scoring runs, these guys have got handshakes and the wave going by Miami. These guys are having fun playing baseball. You look in that Mets dugout, and it looks miserable. Miserable. Everything about it, the way the game ended with Ramos, do or die play. You know, Roman Quinn is one of the fastest men in all of baseball. Michael Conforto throws an absolute missile to home plate. You have one job keep him from scoring. You can't block the plate like you used to, but you can give it a much better effort a do or die effort, a dive, a lunge, something other than, hey, I'm going to turn around and hope that this guy didn't beat the throw in. That is unacceptable. And he didn't answer questions and wasn't available for the media afterwards. It's about accountability, right? We, we've talked about that before. For me, I'm really sick of seeing the lethargic bat of Wilson Ramos. That's what they got him for, right? His bat. Tomas Nito has done more with his bat in one game than Wilson Ramos has done the whole season. We need to start realizing what reality is. Wilson Ramos is killing the Mets lineup. If I see one more weak hit ground ball where guys are trying to make it all the way to third and all the way home because the throws are going everywhere or trying to get all the way to third or trying to make something happen. Why? Because Wilson Ramos is incapable of squaring up the ball, making solid contact. It just looks bad and it leaks over into his defense. He is not framing balls. He is not the catcher that they thought they were getting. It just looks bad all the way around. It's the most lethargic looking backstop I have seen in recent memory. Usually their bat is what they speak with. His bat is basically rolled up newspaper. He's hitting weak ground balls. He has one home run on the season. And that was a guess, swing hard, happened to hit it kind of pitch right down the middle. I'm really disappointed in what Wilson Ramos has brought to the plate. And I think more so than anything, you can come back into play with this. We need to talk about Steven Matz. Who is Steven Matz right now? What do you got for me?
0: Steven Matz is a guy who's finding his way out of the rotation. He's been so inconsistent. On the Ramos point, by the way, d- does he think he's Billy Hamilton? What is he doing going first to third? And on Luis Giorme's two run hit, thinking he he's got wheels? It's it's it's
1: it's 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 playing. There's no plan. It it just looks like he's going through the motions. It really, really does. It just looks like he, all the way around the hitting, the the catching. The catching and throwing, the, everything that he was supposed to be, and especially the offensive side of things. The offensive side of things are non-existent. I mean, that isn't an offensive type swing. There's no. I'm not seeing any power behind the swing. I don't know. I don't see any whip behind the swing. I, I see a long, one-plane, one-type of swing, and kind of. When he goes back to the dugout, it's just like a shoulder shrug. He looks like a buffalo. He's a shoulder shrugging buffalo. There's nothing to him that says he's pissed off at the way he's playing. He's frustrated by what's going on. He's supposed to be one of these leaders, right? One of those veteran leaders. I don't know if they have a veteran leader who can light a fire under the rest of the team. Like, who's going to be the guy that looks like... We know about Cano's history, right? It looks like Cano's going through the motions, even though he's been hitting the cover off the ball. I don't know if they have a leader that can really get underneath them. Who's going to say something? Pete? Pete can't do that now. He's not hitting enough to do that. Dominic Smith is running circles around Pete. Dominic Smith's going to say something. He's happy to just be in the lineup. Michael Conforto is more like Michael Kadire when it comes to being a vocal leader. He kind of goes out there and, you know, he's that blue collar. I'm going to get the job done and I'm just going to, you know, go after the game and be ready for tomorrow. He's not that vocal guy either. Who is in that clubhouse that can shake these guys up because 23 games have been played and I'm not seeing anything Anything that suggests that this team has a chance, especially with all the injuries and guys that aren't back in the lineup and all the, the, now you have DeGrom down the the bullpen and mixing and matching. You're missing three pieces of your starting rotation. And even the guy that's in there, as I go back to Steven Matz, who is Steven Matz right now? Jonathan Neese through 108 games had better numbers. Jonathan Neese. Steven Matz was supposed to be the next second coming, five aces. Jonathan Neese has better numbers through 108 games
0: and a starting five, you, you you have him as a staple next year. Now you're thinking to yourself is he a staple? And if he's not, you're even more worried about next year's starting rotation because it's DeGrom and then Syndergaard off of Tommy John and then no Matz and then I guess Peterson is really becoming a staple now more than Matz is and that's scary. I mean Matt's also, Matz's frustrations are getting the best of him always and uh, we'll get into Rojas in a second. He shouldn't have been in when he blew that thing apart. I mean, Rojas made the mistake of leaving him in too long, but his his uh, attitude is a big problem, and it always has been. And when, when he has a couple things go wrong, it implodes.
1: Yeah, I, I, we've got to stop talking about potential. We've got to stop talking about what he could be. we got to stop talking about the double-A start that he came into and he pitched a no-hitter into the eighth. got to stop talking about these things, right? Because what I'm looking at is this year, Stephen Matz with two strikes on a batter. Two strikes, that's you're in the driver's seat. Two strikes on the batter. Hitters are batting 333 off of him with six home runs in five starts with two strikes. They've got 20 hits off of him with two strikes. When he's ahead of the count, they're batting 342 off of him. What does that tell you? Not going into analytics or anything crazy. He doesn't have anything that's putting people away. He has to find a way to create depth, uses curveball more. He needs pitches that bounce in the dirt. I'm seeing a guy who's pitching. Let's put it this way. This is my best analogy of the difference between a Jacob deGrom and a Steven Matz. Watching DeGrom pitch is like playing MLB The Show, where you can see all the different angles and all the different pitches and how the ball moves and the, the depth, the up and the top of the zone, the bottom of the zone, all those different things. That's MLB The Show, Jacob DeGrom. Steven Matz is like watching RBI baseball. The ball moves a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, and you hope it has that eww, wiggle, wiggle, might drop every now and then. Otherwise, it gets smashed, and you start hearing that Awful home run song when the ball's being launched out the stadium. That's what Steven Matz is right now. He's RBI baseball. And I can't, I can't fathom they not ready to commit to him. But what do you do? You don't have the depth. Unless you're going to be the Miami Marlins and have starting rotation built off of four out of the five guys pitched an A-ball last year, and yet they're still competing and winning. What do you do? It might be time to go, hey, we got to reshuffle the deck. And you know what? Whatever happens, happens. But Steven Matz can't take another turn in this rotation without you having a quick Oliver Perez type hook ready for him in the second inning.
0: And speaking of hooks and stuff like that, Luis Rojas, and I know you might defend him. He's a rookie manager. Disgraceful weekend by him. Absolutely disgraceful. And Saturday, sure, they lost 6-2. But in that game, Steven Matz gives up six runs. Familia gets out of it. His ERA's 9. It was one nothing. He gives up two hits and then a walk. The bases are loaded. It's still one nothing. It took until the bases loaded or the out after for anyone to get warming in the bullpen. How how at this point, when you know Mats implodes at any second, when he's putting guys on, do you have nobody ready in the bullpen? It just blows my mind that he was left out there. McCutcheon walks. It's two nothing. Still, Matz is in the game. A righty's up. So if there was ever a time to take him out and put either Familia or put Hughes in, who was first stretching and then uh, Familia started warming, it's then put a righty in a face Hoskins. And then a three run double to Hoskins makes it five nothing. And then to even put, you know, add insult to injury, he leaves him in for another batter. And then Hoskins, Harper, it's a double, and it's six nothing. And at that point, you wonder why there's no feeling in the in the clubhouse and the dugout. Guys are. Deflated. That's why your team is done right there. That inning, ruined. And it's much of it's to blame for Matt for sucking. But if you're a manager, you got to know what a pull a guy. You got to know that Matt's has been struggling. You got to know that matt's has given up more homers than any pitcher in the league since 2018 of the National League. And you're going to leave him in that baseball game? Absolutely disgraceful. And then you think he would learn from that mistake, Luis Rojas, on Sunday. He did not, Figgy. He did not Rick Porcello was lucky to get out of the fifth with the wind blowing in? He gave up what would have been a homer if there was no wind. Then he leaves him in the game in the sixth inning and a double. He gets an out and then it's a double. All right, it's a two-two game. How in that two-two game when you know Porcello's got nothing left, do you leave him in to face Andrew mccutcheon who then would hit a hanger four hundred plus feet? And it's 4-2, and that's pretty much a wrap right there. I mean, I know he's a rookie, Figgy. I get it. He's a manager he's never done in the big leagues before, but back-to-back days to not learn from what you did the night before is honestly inexcusable. Just like the errors, just like Dom Smith dropping a ball, just like JD double-clutching, just like Rosen Ramos, oh God, his name <laughs> makes me vomit all over again, goes first to third and gets thrown out on Guillaume who's been a, one of the few bright spots on this team, putting up video game numbers, hitting 450 after he hits that big hit. You run yourself out of an inning thinking that you could get to third and you're out easily. Just everything surrounding this weekend was just vomit worthy.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and this is what happens with the rookie manager. It all gets set up by DeGrom not being able to start. And then your number two is supposed to be Steven Matz, who's supposed to be able to pick up the slack and go deep into a ball game. That's why Rojas kind of tried to wait as long as he could and hoping that Matz would be able to clutch up Get out of that. And he wasn't able to do it. And so the next night when he has Porcello and Porcello went from that almost bomb. Yes, the ground ball that Ramuto hits, it hits off the bag, it kicks behind JD. The next guy that comes up, it's an 0-2 and it has to be a fastball up in the zone. He's trying to get him to swing and miss. 0-2. I've seen more 0-2 and listen, Seth Lugo gave up 202 02 hits uh, in his outing as well O2 is supposed to be a swing and miss something outside the zone pitcher's pitch hitter trying to def- be defensive. I'm not seeing that from Mets pitchers. I'm not seeing that from in big situations, especially. He gives up the double down the right field line to Baum. And right there, you're thinking, okay, well, you know, something's got to give. And, and he had the bullpen going, but he said, yeah, I'm going to give him one more. They bring in McCutcheon, the hanging slider, pitch choice, pitch selection, because he was hanging a slider all day. Again, that goes back to me. That goes back on Ramos. Because, yes, the pitch was the right pitch, but not when this guy's on fumes and he's hanging sliders all day. Do you go, hey, big situation, let's go to slider, first pitch. And he's thinking, i got to make a nasty slider, so he's going to overdo it. And what happens is you leave that ball hanging over the middle of the plate, game changer, one swing of the bat and two pitches, the 0-2 high fastball that you know was supposed to be a swing and miss for a double, and then McCutcheon on the first pitch hanging slider, Changes that whole ball game right there, and Porcello's outing, where he's trying to go toe to toe with Zach Wheeler, looked fantastic. I don't care how many strikeouts he had; those at bats were not comfortable. There was not a lot of solid contact. Zach Wheeler, who I said last year and a few years ago, when I said, "Oh well, you got Syndergaard and you got Wheeler, who would you sign to a, a you know a, a long-term deal?" I chose Wheeler because Wheeler can pitch without striking people out. Wheeler can pitch. Without his best stuff, he's learned to do that. And whether you want to say, oh, it's only been done by a half, Uh, you know, he does it in the second half, he does it, you know, and streaky, I'll take that right now over what I'm getting out of this starting rotation. And I know that this guy is a little bit more durable uh, since his Tommy John that he had five years ago. Stop worrying about durability. He wasn't on the DL. Many times after that, where you saw Syndergaard was on the DL every other month, it seemed. For I some
0: still t- was hesitant, Figgy, to pay Wheeler that much money. It's the going rate in baseball. Do you know why it's the going rate in
1: baseball? Because guys like Matt Harvey get $11 million after having the worst Second worst ERA in all of baseball in the last three years. The going rate where he gets 11 million plus three million more in incentives—that's 14 million for a guy who can't get people out. And then Zach Wheeler is coming in and he puts up a, a half a season where the only pitcher better than him was Jacob DeGrom. I mean, what are you going to do as his agent? Give me Harvey money? Well, now no, you I know. look
0: back and you're right. The Mets should have paid him because look at the rotation next year is depleted. When you're talking about Mats being a lock, they're in big trouble and asking a guy like Peterson to be a three or four starter when he was in double-A last year. So you're asking guys to outperform. So, you know, I look back in and now and I'm like, yeah, maybe they should have just paid him that money. Um, but again, this, and that's what, comes down to what could be what we talking about in the coming weeks as well with this whole J-Rod story and ownership and spending money as Bob Nightingale of USA Today reports and I know a lot of Mets fans just tweeting uh, Nightingale said it which means it's going to be the polar opposite and that means good Steve Cohen's the owner uh, it's I'm, I don't want to react to this yet because it's too early on but that ownership thing is the next thing in line here in a couple of weeks as bids come in in two weeks the 31st we might know a little bit more if it will be J-Rod and really them not being the majority owner considering they're only putting up 300 million of a couple billion and really the florida panthers owner and the vitamin uh water owner so we'll talk i don't want to get too deep into that but that was a big story today but again spending and they didn't spend they have to spend this offseason they have to get a starter and they have to get jt ramuto they should be offering him more money than anyone outbid the phillies outbid everyone 13 years without a legitimate catcher, 13 years since Mike Piazza left. And since then, that position has been almost an automatic eight hitter and almost an automatic out and usually always a pretty average or below average defender. And we're seeing that with Wilson Ramos. And you knew starting off the weekend with Wilson Ramos laziness. Like you said, leap, jump, try to tag the runner don't just turn your body it looked like me when I'm stretching before I'm lifting my 30 pound dumbbells I'm doing the little twist and turn you're on a baseball field make the jump get that out and listen the Mets still might have lost that inning because that only would have been the second out but you're feeling pretty damn good about yourselves if you tag that guy out that was a disgrace and it was a sign of the weekend to come uh before we wrap it up figgy here big week this week Got to beat the Marlins. You got the Subway Series coming over the weekend. Two back-to-back Subway Series weekends. And listen, you got four versus the Marlins this week and three next week. And while we look at them as the easy, quote-unquote, easy part of their schedule, despite them outplaying uh, what we thought, that's it. After next week, you're done with the Marlins. So those games you look at as, oh, we have to win these. It's over. You're not playing the Marlins again. So you have to take advantage of these games and get back in it. Because it would not shock me if the Yankees beat the Mets six times. So, and it's, it's not that encouraging when you go into the series and Robert Gazelman's your first guy up. It's not like DeGrom's walking in. DeGrom might not even start Wednesday, and we'll talk about that in a minute with Mike Puma, but it's not the best thing that you're uh, you're putting your spot starter to open the series.
1: Yeah, when you look at this division, I said that from the beginning about everybody beating up on each other, right? The last 10 games, Marlins are 5 and 5, Braves 5 and 5, Phillies 5 and 5, Nationals 4 and 6, Mets 4 and 6. And that's usually what you judge, right? Through the last 10 games and 162 games, okay, you can do that. But we're looking at series to series, seeing polar opposites in identity on every single team. The Marlins go from what were they? 7 and 1 when they played the Mets to now they're nine and six. You know, they've only won those two games after that, and then they're they, uh, starting to struggle a little bit. And that seems like it has to happen. They lost 11 guys to COVID. They've got an A-ball pitching staff other than their bullpen pieces. And and the guys that are on their, in their lineup, are the land of Misfit Toys. You got guys who other teams threw away. They're getting an opportunity to play. They're going out there and playing. And listen, I said this in the beginning, Florida teams know what it's like to play in, in front of no fans. They're used to this. They were used to this kind of atmosphere and uh, they're, they've been taking advantage of it. So the Mets do have to step up their game all the way around. And Wednesday can't come fast enough for the return of Jacob DeGrom. Hopefully, Um, Hope that stinger doesn't linger. Wow, that rhymes. See, I could rap too, Jake.
0: All right, that's a talent show. You're going to rap next. I'll give you a beat.
1: (laughs) But let's see. The the Mets can get back on track. And again, they win these three games. We start talking about an exciting... The ball's rolling downhill now going into the Subway Series this weekend. And that's really where you want to kind of uh, put your best foot forward is this weekend series against the Yankees.
0: What makes this all frustrating is this team is better than how they are playing. On paper, this is a... A better team. They're underperforming. From Ramos to Pete Alonzo, I mean, runners in scoring position. That's what it comes down to. That's every it comes down every to. game, they leave guys on base. It's like armies on the base pass. And you know, you're getting great contributions from Dom Smith. Luis Guillorme, uh Conforto a little bit, and, you know, some of the bullpen. But otherwise, it's and Cano's been great since coming back. He's still hitting, tearing the cover off the ball. You're having encouraging signs here and there, but when the game counts and when you need to drive runners in, they're not doing it. When you need to move runners over, they're not doing it. And when you need to move your body far enough to make a tag, they're not doing it
1: executing jake it comes down to executing and to play winning baseball you have to execute in the big moments and we're not seeing that on the met side of the baseball uh whether it's runners in scoring position whether it's getting out of jams whether it's making a pitch with two strikes to put a hitter away when he's supposed to be on the defensive executing and playing winning baseball. That has to be the focal point here in the next three days.
0: Honestly, I said three out of four. I want a four game sweep here. I mean, you got to, there's the chance the Yankees whoop your ass over the weekend. And there's a chance you beat them. You know, they're dealing with some injuries as well, but this is a statement week for the Mets down in Miami where they will be without Marcus Stroman. I mean, listen, at this point, can I opt out of the season for, for stress-related reasons (laughs) for my mental health? I mean, come on. I mean, I, I thought when I saw that guy vomiting, the girl vomiting, her wiping over it, that I was going to vomit after Wilson Ramos didn't make the tag. You just did.
1: You did in your rant. You let it all out right there. So, again, let's uh, try and have some positivity moving forward because it can't get any worse, can it?
0: <sighs> With the Mets, you just never know. Coming up next on Amazing But True, Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa, is Mets beat writer, Mike Puma, who hits us from the road after a trip to Wawa. Yeah. <laughs> And joining us now is friend of the program, New York Post Mets beat writer Mike Puma. Follow him on Twitter at NYPost underscore Mets. Puma, you witnessed what was quite the ugly weekend in Philly. What was the over-under, though, of your cheesesteak count?
2: <laughs> you know what? It was zero. I, you know, I barely I barely got out of the hotel. There was a, a wawa on the corner by where I was staying. I, I got all my meals there. I wasn't uh, in the mood to venture out too much, to be honest with you.
0: I don't understand the fascination over Wawa. People near Wawa are in love with it. Are their sandwiches that good that uh you go goo goo gaga over
2: them? You know, the sandwiches uh the sandwiches are pretty good. I, I just think it's a nice efficient uh, system they have there with the ordering. You have a lot of options. I- I think it's a, it's a very solid choice when you go the Wawa route.
0: Nothing uh, that efficient that came from the Mets this weekend. Uh, Wilson Ramos is still turning his body, trying to make attack a couple of days later as we just wait in frozen time. Talk about what you saw this weekend. It, w- it was pretty ugly, Puma.
2: Just brutality all the way around. Uh, you know, you I guess with the starting pitching, just because that that that's the obvious spot right now. I don't know what to make of the rotation right now. I'm not sure if Luis Rojas knows what to make of it, but just sloppy play all the way around. Uh, Friday night we saw them go two for fourteen with runners in scoring position, and obviously you, you mentioned the uh, Wilson Ramos uh, non-tag at the plate there. That didn't help at the end today. Brutal with all the uh, the running, uh, base running miscues, the defense. The, I, I in the lead of my story for the post today. I said the Mets had a grand slam of sorts, and that they were just. Awful, uh, offensively, defensively, pitching and hitting. It, it, was, it was tough to watch.
1: Yeah, Puma, you you hit the nail on the head with the grand slam of effect. You got to be able to do a few things right to win ball games. You got to be able to either play defense and hit a little bit. You got to be able to pitch really well and play some defense. It seems like this team finds a way to lose each and every single game it's not even about playing winning baseball it's about playing how not to lose baseball games and we're seeing that from so many guys and even the guys that we were happy about you know the, the guys that have been playing so well you see uh, dom smith is invisible as far as coming up in the clutch he hits the lucas duda type home runs you got you know a jimenez who's been playing outstanding but i'm starting to see him hit a speed bump this week he's Looks like he's, he, not that they figured him out, but he looks a little tired from playing every single game, every single day, everywhere. Uh, you know, the defense is, has been sloppy. The pitching has been at- atrocious at times. I mean, what is it going to take to get this team
2: out of this funk? Certainly wouldn't hurt if, if Pete Alonzo got back in there and, and started performing uh, near the level he was at last year. Now, he was on the bench again today. And that's been a big factor here. He was this guy last year who was driving in a lot of those big so that's something this lineup is missing right now. You know, I Dominic Smith has been hitting, but as like you mentioned, uh, in the play, it really hasn't been. There's nobody that really drives in that big run, and they're really missing uh, Pete Alonzo right now.
0: I talked about it earlier, Puma. Luis Rojas had a very bad weekend, and I thought he left Matt in way too long Saturday after he loaded the bases, had nobody warming for a while. Today he waited to have uh, someone warming, and then he left in Porcello one batter too long. McCutcheon hits a bomb to left field to give them the lead, and it was over from there. What would you think of Rojas? It didn't seem like he learned from his mistakes Saturday today, and he left the starter out there too long.
2: Yeah, in all three games, it was kind of the same story where the sixth and sixth innings really served him because you, you, you go back to Friday night with Walker Lockett giving up the three-run homer to Rio Mucho, and Matt had the, the rough fifth inning Saturday night where he gave up the five runs, and then today was the McCutcheon blast and the sixth, an inning later. So it was right in that middle inning range, fifth sixth inning all three days. Um as they really start to max and this yeah if Luis Rojas goes to the bullpen there uh, Maybe it's, it's a little bit of a different weekend here, you know. I, I think he was trying to stretch some of these guys out because the bullpen has, has been used so much, uh, but it came back to bite him.
0: Did he hold any accountability on himself after the game? Because listen, it's on the players. I get it, but you're a manager. You got to take some blame for some of the mistakes that he was made. did Did you see? Did he say anything after the game about
2: leaving guys in too long? No, you know, that's, that's, you know we don't have the style of of. He even Peel, he's uh, he's somebody who's not going to shift blame in any direction. He's not going to shift on the he's not going to shift on himself, certainly not going to shift anything towards the front office. So uh, I think, uh, you know, I think he realized what happened, and uh, I think it, it, it was a learning weekend for him. But at the same time, he's not going to be somebody pointing things in any direction.
1: One of the ideas, like you said, getting Pete Alonzo back in there to be Pete Alonzo, but... More than anything, this team needs starting pitching back. And Jacob DeGrom, Michael, uh, and, and Waka being on the IL, uh, when do you think Waka comes back, and what's uh, the forecast for
2: DeGrom? So, well, let's start with DeGrom. He, he's the guy. He, he threw a, he played a little bit of catch today. Now, we're not going to know – Really, I don't think until tomorrow there's still a chance he can make that Wednesday start in Miami. If he had the next stiffness, obviously that's on Scratch Friday night. Now he's got to throw both times before he can pitch on Wednesday, so I would have to think that would come tomorrow if it's going to happen. So there's still a chance he could pitch Wednesday. Beyond that, uh, Waka, they think he's going to throw a simulated game. Tuesday or Wednesday, so if that happens, uh, you can probably count on getting him back at some point next week, and I guess the other guy we have to talk about is Steven Matt, because two days in a row, uh, Luis Rojas wouldn't commit to Matts making his next start, so that's, that's there's another question right there about the rotation. Yeah,
0: last one before we let you go, uh, Puma, that is a big part of the problem here, because if he's not going to be part of the rotation, don't the Mets have to go out and get someone? I can't expect that Robert Gazelman is the Andrew Answer for the rest of the season. I mean, Doc Gooden pulled a John Heyman on us on Thursday in that big interview and all the other things he said. He also ended it saying, look for the Mets to maybe try and get Johnny Cueto. Uh Do you see them maybe going out and getting an arm here? Because they went from a lot of depth on the starting pitching staff to absolutely none.
2: It's going to be hard because everybody still thinks they're in it right now. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know where that arm's going to come from. And the other thing is you want 40-pound leg and then giving up big jewels of the farm system right now to try and improve the rotation uh with a rental i I don't think you want that i I think whatever they do is gonna have to come from within right now Maybe we get a look at franklin killing me here at some point i I think it's going to be tough to make that play because a picture that'll make a difference.
0: Well, Puma, they have six games against the Yankees the next two weeks with the Marlins mixed in between for seven. They got to win six out of seven against the Marlins and try to, you know, not get swept away twice by the Yankees because even with the injuries, the Yankees are looking a far superior team to the Mets right now. Mike Puma, follow him on Twitter at NYPost underscore Mets. Read stories in the newspaper and at NYPost.com. Puma, thanks for stepping off the side of the road and, uh, Enjoy your weekend and no more wah-wah, all right?
2: That's it. I've had enough. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, Okay, guys.
0: And that wraps up episode 19, the Luis Rojas or Lenny Harris or Jay Bruce episode of Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Or how many times Jake swiped right on Tinder this weekend. Thanks to Jake for producing the show. Subscribe to Amazing But True wherever you
1: get your podcasts. If you're using Apple Podcasts, please rate us five stars and write a nice review. We appreciate your support.
0: For Nelson Figueroa and his quips, I actually deleted Tinder a couple of weeks ago. I'm Jake Brown. We will be back on Thursday talking about the first three games in the series against the Marlins down in South Beach. And we look ahead to the first edition of the Subway Series. We'll talk to you Thursday. Stay safe, folks.